0: Welcome to Momentum Church. Hey! It is good to see you this morning. You guys having fun with this series? The Bad Lip reading Series? Yes. Now, you're going to have to help me out because I'm more tired than you, I promise. So I need energy coming from here in order for me not to fall asleep on myself. Is that, is that good? Can we do, yes! There we go. I thought I'd, I don't know if you noticed, but I was like, Ross isn't here, so I need to change things up. So I came up from this side. Did you notice? You never, you never know what's going to happen. Corey gets the mic, things get weird. Coming up over here. Oh, man, bad lip reading. I've really enjoyed this whole series, and, and, uh. Someone asked me, you know, what 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 was this all about? Why why the bad lip reading series? And just the whole thought that it's easy to get caught up <clears throat> in the culture of Christianity and completely lose touch with the person of Christ. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's really easy to just to just be be consumed, not be consumed, but to become complacent with what we've heard and what we've learned and, and what we've experienced and 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 what we've accepted as truth and, and what we've seen culture shift this way and that way and this seems to be right now and this seems to be right now and all that. Don't be so postmodern. All Oh, you need to be more out of this and that, and blah, blah, blah. Whatever it may be, it's easy for us to get caught up in just kind of the, the, the movement and the winds of culture and completely lose base with the reality and the fact and the absoluteness of what Christ said to us. There's times when there's things that, that we would rather go off of, of, of what we've heard. I'd rather shape my beliefs off of what I've heard or, or off of what I feel or, or what, what seems right rather than what Jesus actually said. And when we do this, we wind up editing the Bible, right? Editing the Bible. How many of you would say, yes, I'm guilty of editing the Bible? <laughs> Pastor Brantley! I thought you wrote half of it. No <laughs> No, we do. <clears throat> we edit the Bible, we omit we what we're not comfortable with, right? We just don't talk about it. Come on, there's some stuff in the Old Testament we just don't talk about. I'm all, I mean, right? Should I? Should we go into circumcision? <laughs> no. We shouldn't. That should have been unanimous. I don't know why. You just got quiet. (laughs) (laughs) We do. We omit. We paraphrase what supports our worldview. Notice we don't quote. We paraphrase. It's easier because it's easier to say this is about what was said. This is close to what was said because in order to, like, quote, we'd have to go ourselves, read the Bible. (laughs) And commit something to memory. It's easier just to be like, I seem to remember somewhere in the second half. (laughs) Worst of all, we put words that we find on a nice Hallmark card into the mouth of Jesus. Guys, today I'd like to take a look at what Jesus never said concerning happiness. Everybody likes to be happy, right? Right? I like to be happy. I feel like that's, that's the one thing. Well, there's more than one thing, but that's one of the things that we can pretty much say we all agree on. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what, 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 what financial circumstance you grew up in. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're red or if you're blue or if you're pink in the face. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We want to be happy. And so much of our life is caught up in the pursuit of that happiness. And I believe Christ said some things about being happy. And then there's some things that we think Christ said about being happy that he never said. I think it's important to highlight what he didn't say because what he did say is so incredibly powerful. How many of you have, have a Bible when you get to the, the, the Gospels, Mark, Mac, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you open it up and you see those red letters And there, you guys know the red letters? Yeah. Those are Jesus's words. I mean, there's just something otherworldly when Christ begins to talk. He just has a way, had a way and has a way, because I know that Christ is still speaking to me. And man, I open the Bible and I read these things and it'll, it'll be a passage that I've read a million times, or at least I've had read to me a million times from like Sunday school up and I'll sit down and finally I'm reading it myself and I'll be like, oh, that's what it says? I didn't get that. Man, that's crazy. These words are powerful. I'd like to open up this morning in prayer. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. God, challenge us to take an honest look at ourselves and a truthful look, God, into who we are in you. Inspire us this morning to go deeper. In your name we pray everyone in the room said. No, we were actually supposed to say uh, Bojangles, but you guys didn't get the memo, so we'll go with amen. It's okay, it's fine. I mean, like the next four pages hinges on Bojangles, so give me a minute. Four pages. That's just my intro. <laughs> We're going to be in John 8 this morning. I'm going to start in verse 2, and this is what it says. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. And everyone says, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, you guys are like a soundtrack. Man, if you're if you're watching on Facebook this morning, I'm sorry. I hope you can hear the soundtrack because they sound good this morning. Let me just set this up really fast. Let's just visualize what's going on. So, so Jesus comes like he does normally, and he's sitting down, and people are gathering around him. Basically, he's getting ready to lead a small group in the town square. Everybody get the picture. Sitting there, just minding his own business. And 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 all of a sudden, here come all the 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 really heady, awesome religious people. And they're dragging this lady with them. Throw her down. I cannot imagine they were being kind. Throw her down in front of them. And saying, bam, this is a woman. Verse 3 going on. Caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group. And they said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commands us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? Verse 6 says, and they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. And everyone said together, <laughs> it's a trap. So, yeah, I come, there it was. I appreciated the slow like rise to laughter as we realized how big of a nerd I am. So they're attempting to put Jesus in this no-win situation. And according to the law of Moses, she was supposed to die. She was supposed to be stoned to death. And I, I don't know about you, but there's, there's certain ways that I don't want to go. And being pummeled by heavy rocks is probably pretty close to the top of it. And, uh, and to, think, to think that this woman, for doing something that our society Completely deems fine, because come on, the heart wants what the, wants what the heart wants, right? She was just doing her, right? It's not—it's not like she was hurting anybody, right? And where, where's the man in all of this? Does he just get off scot-free? So they bring this in front of Jesus. Jesus, somebody who's who's been who's been preaching grace, who's been pre- teaching mercy. And, and love and they, they throw this woman down and and guys she was caught in the act so you know she's not dressed well if if hardly probably dressed at all and i can't imagine the just the, the waves of shame that are just flooding over her and jesus looking into this scared woman's eyes is caught in a catch 22 do you fulfill the law that God gave Moses? This is the law. This is God's law. Or do you have mercy? Jesus bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. How many of you have you guys ever just sat and wondered what he was doodling? Yes. Yeah, right! So calm, so chill. Like, he was like the religious Steve McQueen. He's just like, <laughs> he's like, give me a minute here. Right? We all wonder, what, 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 was he, what was he writing? What was he writing? What was he doing? We really don't know, in on, on all honesty. There's been scholars through the, through the years that, that, that have tried to, to say that, that he was writing down the sins and the transgressions of the men who were bringing her. And I really like that one. And there's some basis. There's some basis behind it. You see, uh, the Greek word to write down is graphen, right? Graphen to write down. But the word used here was kata graphen. Kata to means means against. So the actual word in this text is actually translated to write down against. And I can, I can just imagine he's sitting there, and they're like, ha-ha, they're like, oh, woman, throw him. What you gonna do now, Jesus? And he just sits down. And he's just like, Todd. I don't know why I Todd the Pharisee. It's, it's Todd all here. I'm sorry, Todd. But it's Todd now. We're going with it. Todd, you know. We're going to look at your, sir, your, your, your browser history and see what's going on. Oh, right? Chris. I'm just picking names. I don't, I don't know who's here this morning. Oh, no, Chris is Todd's son in law. This is not intentional. <laughs> Celeste, I apologize. Keeps writing Celeste. No. <laughs> what he's doing he's writing down and you can only imagine everybody's just like he was supposed to answer instead he sits down starts writing so what's everybody do right starts looking (sighs) writing down all these things verse seven when they kept on questioning him he straightened up and he said to them let any one of you who is without sin Be the first one to throw the stone at her. And the Greek word used here, it doesn't just mean without sin. It actually actually means having not even wanted to sin. Now, I don't know about you. I've done a good amount of sinning in my life. You may not believe it just by looking at me, (laughs) having known me for the past few years. You're just like, oh, certain people are pure as snow. Pastor Corey's on that list. <laughs> <laughs> There's been times, though, when I haven't sinned, but, oh, I wanted to. Right? Oh, come on. You know what it's like. You play back. You play back the conversation in your mind. It's like, I should have said this. I should have said that. How can you handle that? Right? All the things that you've thought about doing, the things you thought about saying, those moments when the gossip would have come so easy, but you actually held your tongue, right? Man, so many times, been, you're, you're, you're watching that commercial, and that lady comes on, and your mind begins to wander, or, or whatever, you're on Instagram, and that, that influencer comes up, and he's showing his abs, ladies, and you're just like, fire, 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 you know, it's so, like, no, you know, that's happening, no, I shan't. No. Imagine that. When he put this out there, we always say, you know, oh oh he who hasn't sinned, but he who hasn't wanted to. Ooh. Man, Jesus has a way of just going to the heart of people, just cutting through all the junk and all the legalism and all the red tape and just ha cha cha cha. But we don't we don't like that, Jesus. We like peace, love, and mercy. Jesus, right? Going on to verse 8, it says this. Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And at this, those who heard began to walk away one at a time. First, Todd. (laughs) I feel so guilty right now. (laughs) First, the older ones until... It was just Jesus that was left, with the woman standing still there. And Jesus straightened up, and he asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Come on. That wasn't supposed to be powerful for me, but it was. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. And then here's what he didn't say. Go now and do whatever makes you happy. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go follow your own heart. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go do what feels right and go do what makes sense. Go you do you. Just treat yourself. It's been a hard day. That is not what Jesus said. Some of us live like that. <laughs> I got past that one. <laughs> Let's tie one on. Huh? Right? All other kinds of ways we act. We, we, we skirt by on certain things. We get mercy in certain areas. And it's just like, oh, okay. Let's go do the same thing like a big dummy. That's how we act. That's how I act. I'm not saying you. I'm saying I'm preaching to myself, friends. This is how I am. You know, Proverbs talks about us like that. And we all know what it says. It's disgusting. Should I say it? Like a dog returning to his own vomit. Oh, it's true. Yeah. No, he doesn't say that at all. He says, go now and leave your life of sin. Go now and leave your life of sin. No condemnation, but full of love and full of promise. You don't have to live life hostage to your guilt anymore. You don't have to live life trapped by your sin anymore. You don't have to hide anymore, wondering if someone's gonna catch you. You don't have to do that anymore. You are forgiven. Go now. I love, I, I love, I love how, how, in, how, how like, like, right now it is go. Go now. Go now. Don't waste another minute. Don't waste another second. Rejoice in the freedom that you now have, someone say amen, and go from here, and don't return to the place that you came from. Go and live free of sin. Go and live free of the condemnation because it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Don't put yourself back in it. Man. Man. You hear go and sin no more. Some of us here go have no more fun. But no, it's a promise, it breathes hope. And it breathes life. And it breathes freedom. Everything we truly need. You are free. (sighs) Can you just breathe with me real fast? (sighs) Free. Question, why is it that so many of us, including myself, we give in to temptation, we give in to sin, choosing to live in impending consequence rather than live in that freedom why do we do it why do we do it probably the scariest verse i've ever read in my life is where the bible says be sure your sin will find you out uh, no But does it stop me? No, like a dog. I can't even say the second half. It makes me gag. Why is it we do it? Simple answer, because it's fun. Right? A bunch of liars. <laughs> Are you telling me your sin wasn't fun? Well, then you weren't doing it right. That's the, that's the only, either you're liars or you're really bad at it. I don't know which one. I've, 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 I've been involved in some sin in my life, and I'm going to tell you something. I had a good time until I didn't. But I did until I didn't. Hebrews 11 says, describes sin. It says, the fleeting pleasures of sin. The fleeting ple- pleasures of sin. 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 Sin promises satisfaction at the cost of disobedience to God and eventual pain to you. Let me say this again. Sin promises satisfaction at the cost of disobedience to God and eventual pain to you. That is what sin is. Guys, I'd like to take a moment to get into the mind of this, this poor woman. I don't know her life, but I'm just going to assume that she was... Most people on that day were... were we would call church folk. Because it was, it was the culture. You were raised. You were raised in it. To, to, to not be church folk was complete excommunication from your family and your village and everything. And that just wasn't an option. I, I believe in people. I think most... The grand majority of people are good people. I don't care if you don't agree with my politics... I still think you're a good person. That's not possible. No, it is. It is. I believe people are basically good. We have some messed up reasons for the the reasons we do things we do, and we have some messed up ways of trying to accomplish things we want to accomplish. But at the heart of most people, I think most people are just decent people who want to be happy. We want to be happy. This woman, it doesn't say that she was a prostitute. It doesn't say that she was someone out luring men away. It just says that she was caught in the act of adultery. And who, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe she was married and maybe her husband just wasn't nice to her. It happens. Maybe, maybe her husband was verbally abusive. In that culture, I could totally, I could absolutely 100% believe. Maybe, maybe even worse. Maybe he was physically abusive. Again, in that culture, I could totally believe that. Maybe he just he didn't notice her anymore. Maybe they'd been married for years and she had kids and, and he just had kind of moved on emotionally. And, and so she's down at, at, at the well or wherever she may be, out, out buying dates. I don't know what people did at that time. For some reason, I thought of like Indiana Jones with the dates. I don't, it's... It's my only reference to the Middle East, apparently. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe she 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 was buying the dates from the guy and he smiled and said, Me, you look nice today. And it meant something to her. You know? Maybe it'd been a while since she'd had a compliment. And it was a little bit of a fresh air and a little bit of a fresh drink of water. And well, like, thank you. And so you know what? You know what I'm gonna do tomorrow? Come on, give me some more dates. And give me another compliment. She walks in. This time, this time she this time she dressed up a little bit she did her hair different. And, Cause you know, you know if she like if he liked the way I looked when I wasn't trying, you just wait. <laughs> Gets a blowout, does the whole thing. Yes, shows up, man, you're looking good today. Karen? I don't know why. This Karen fits any Karens? <laughs> I need to stop with the names already. But it's it, innocently, right? And then, and then, and then they're, they're, they're passing the, the food, and, and, and then all of a sudden, he, his hand you know, touches hers, and that spark of electricity. Remember what it's like when there was somebody you liked, and you held hands, and you're like, oh, I'm holding her hand. Right? If it were today, he's probably following her on Instagram now, and, and like commenting, and commenting on the comments, and Commenting on the comments of the comments and like liking it a bunch and his little hearts flying around everywhere and stuff like that. And they're probably trading Snapchat at this point. Guys, just stay away. I'm just say that real real fast right now. There's no good reason anybody over the age of 18 should have Snapchat. There's no good reason anybody under the age of 18 should have it. If you have to have an app that destroys the evidence for you, what are you doing? If I could just say that. Moving on. <laughs> wow. Moving on. Innocently enough. One thing leads to another. And now they're sharing a bed. Is is this is this woman the devil? No. Is this woman somebody who got caught up in something she didn't need to get caught up in? Yes. Yes. Pastor, why why take so much time to humanize this person? Because she's me. And she's every single person in this room. None of us, none of us intend. None of us want to go all the way down that road. Nobody, nobody, that's what sin is. It promises. It promises that fun. That will cost us later. And it takes us further than we ever wanted to go. Faster than we ever wanted to get there. And that's what sin does. And so I have to find the humanity in this person. I have to. Because she's me. And how, how, do we, how do we get there? How, where does this come from? It's because we live in mostly a relativistic culture. Truth is Relative. And you've heard it all I, I, you hear it more and more. That's your truth. This is my truth, right? Well then you know, that's, that's not my truth. That's you know, that's not my that's I don't I don't that's not my truth. As if as if truth is fluid, right? As as if as if absolute doesn't exist. It does. Absolute does exist absolutely. Guys, when truth is not absolute, then truth is defined by whatever I agree with, slash whatever makes me happy. Listen to this. When happiness is the bottom line, happiness becomes the standard by which I judge my actions. That's a dangerous, slippery slope. Guys, the root cause of this problem deep down is the thought that happiness and holiness are at odds with each other. They are not. I used to think this way. Because I'm messed up. <laughs> well, from the chest up. We miss you, Pastor. He's probably watching right now. That'd be hilarious. I used to think this way, that happiness and holiness were at odds with each other. I couldn't be truly happy like all my friends were happy. If I was, was going to be holy... If I was going to be holy, I had to dress right. I went to a Christian school. that told me I, I couldn't wear jeans and I had to wear a belt and I had to dress this way and my hair could only be so long. I had to listen to Sandy Patty and Rust That was my, yes, Lord. Right? If I, if I was feeling real anxious, I'd get me some DeGarmon and Key. Turn that up. Half of you were just like, what is he talking about? It's another, it's another language. It's like hieroglyphs. Go study it sometime that's not the way it is guys god is good he's a loving father who wants us to experience life and he wants us to experience it to the full matthew seven eleven says even if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him guys if you're fine if you're finding yourself at odds in this way then the problem is you're looking for happiness in the wrong place max lakedo talks about the happy fish you guys ever heard this before Take a fish that just wants to be happy, and you're like, I know how to make you a happy, fish. Let's put you on the beach, because the beach makes me happy. Everybody on the beach is happy, right? Has everybody been seeing everybody else going on vacation this past week? Yeah, on Facebook, and you're just like, I love you, block. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you're so happy on the beach. You're so happy at Disney. You're so happy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so take the fish and let's put him on the beach. And does that, is the fish happy on the beach? Well then, let's give him some money. Yes, give the stack some money. Let's give it. Money makes us happy. That's culturally. That that's where happiness. Like, give the fish. Give, give the fish money. Is his fish happy? No. Well then, give him a phone and give him Instagram, right? And give him Snapchat. It'll it'll be like snapper chat. But it's like, hey, right? Yes. Let's, let's give him all those things. That will make him happy, right? No. Well then, let's get all of his pretty fish friends. And put them on the beach with them, and then they can, they can get a selfie stick and they can make us all jealous. The fish isn't happy, is he? No. Why? Because that is not where the fish was meant to be. Trying to find happiness in a place where he was not meant to find happiness. Listen to me you were created by God, you were created for God. You were created for the purpose of worshiping God and one day to spend eternity in existence with God. Your happiness is not meant to be found here. And if you're looking here in the, in today, if you're looking here on earth to fill yourself up with something that, that makes you happy, that makes you full, and you're neglecting the entire spiritual side of your life, you are a dead fish. Or at least you will be. Happiness and holiness, they live in harmony. Psalms 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. This is David speaking. You, God, will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. note, sin fleeting pleasures, holiness with God eternal pleasures. When well, this woman is caught in the most shameful moment of her life, and Jesus gives her release, he says, Go now, live in freedom, breathe free. Don't turn back to the sin. What do you do when you just can't seem to say no to temptation? I'm gonna tell a story really fast. When I was uh, when I was a freshman, we moved from where I'd grown up most of my life to, to Mansfield, Ohio, and uh, and I met a friend named Scott, and uh, Scott was it was uh, it was he was like me he was weird, and um, uh, Scott had. Uh, Uh, He was was, was living in apartments with his mom. Dad wasn't around. And I never really asked about that whole situation. But Scott and I, we became really good friends. And and we go to football games together and and just hang out and do all the things that you do as a freshman. Um, Except for I was more of an idiot than most freshmen. And uh, uh, I I was in this whole stage of my life where I was embarrassed that my dad was a pastor. And, uh, And I didn't want anybody in my real life to know about my church life and, and so I hid that and I made sure nobody, nobody at school, nobody ever hung out, nobody ever talked to, ever knew that my dad was a pastor. Nobody ever knew where I was on Sundays. Nobody ever knew what I was doing on Wednesday nights at youth group, because because that 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 was the stuff I had to do. That was the stuff that that I got to put a, I got to put a good smile on my face, and I got to be the pastor's kid, and I got to act perfect. And that was lat life, and that life cannot intersect with my real life, where my real friends are, where the real happiness is, where the pursuits of all those things were. It, And and, and it just created such tension and anxiety in my life, I I self medicated to try and fix that and to find that happiness. And me and Scott, we just tried whatever would come across our table. He lived in this apartment complex where just everything was available. And we had fun and we do all the things that you're not supposed to do. And that was our life. And we made all kinds of friends that freshman year, and and had all kinds of good times, we thought. After freshman year, Scott Scott moved away, he went down to Columbus, Ohio, and this was before cell phones, you know, this was before internet, and so we kind of lost touch back in the Amish days, (laughs) not that long ago. We kind of lost touch, but I can tell you what happened to some of my friends that I was still around. friend named Eli was drinking with a bunch of buddies and was in a car accident and was killed I didn't tell my parents because I didn't want them to know who my friends were I didn't I didn't let my dad reach out to his mom because I didn't want that to mix I didn't go to the funeral because nobody needed to know a few months later, a friend of mine, Eric, overdosed on heroin. Nobody could know. It was this other life, and I couldn't. About a year and a half later, I came across a mutual friend of me and Scott. and see, Scott had had um, some type of heart trouble as, as a kid, and so he had had uh, a heart transplant, and his stomach was all distended. And so when he'd walk, he'd kind of walk over like this, so that his shirt, his baggy shirt, would kind of hide his stomach. And and I asked about Scott how Scott was doing. I found out that uh, Scott had had a major surgery, and uh, had started partying too close to when he was recovering, and had a heart attack and died. I really can't explain the shame, knowing that, that I've been taught my whole life what was good and what was right, and that I held the key to happiness for so many of these people and their families, and I kept it to myself. And you would think that, that hitting an emotional rock bottom like that would be enough. But how many of you have hit rock bottom only to roll over and start digging again? That was me. It was years later till finally I realized that just what a big of an idiot I am. And I can't expect different results from keep doing the same thing. I have to turn. I have to change. So here's the thing about temptation. It's not just this big thing pulling you with all the force in the world. Every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. Every single temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. First John 1 John 1.9, we all know it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all the unrighteousness. It just takes that word repent, which seems like such a heavy negative word. I feel like every time I hear the word repent, I I picture a guy standing on his soapbox with a megaphone outside of the Washington Monument screaming at people. But when you look at the word is, re is to turn. Re is to turn. Pent is the highest. It's like the penthouse. To repent is to turn from the lowly, stupid things that drag us down and turn toward the heights that God has for you. That's what it is. I don't know about you, but there's times, even in my mature Christian life, when I need to repent, and when I say I need to, I'm not talking about, or else I'll go to hell. I'm talking about I need to, because I am that woman ashamed of myself, and I need that breath of fresh air, and I need that forgiveness, and I need that moment to turn and do it no more. you just bow your heads real fast, it's kind of old school, but I'm going to ask it. if you're here this morning and you need you need that moment that moment where you can just say, I'm done, I'm sick of it, I'm turning away from the low stuff and I'm turning toward the high stuff that God's got for me maybe you've never accepted Christ, maybe you've been a Christian for years and years, but you just keep messing with the same stuff God still loves you and his mercy is new every single morning. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here this morning you say, Corey, I just need a redo. It's time to start again. Just a quick hand is all it takes. I see it, yeah. Don't be ashamed, it's just you and God. It doesn't matter what people think anyway. I don't care if a million people are looking at you. This is you we're talking about. This is true happiness we're talking about. Get right. I'm just going to pray for everybody who raised your hand. Heavenly Father, God, you see our heart. You see our situation. God, you see how we got to where we are. God, it's a story you've seen a million times. Lord, I pray in this moment. God, you would just allow us, every one of us individually, to feel that release of forgiveness. To feel that release of condemnation and know, God, that this is our turn. We, we got to go now. We have to go now and not return to that sin. It's not go do what makes us happy anymore, it's I've got a better path for you. Go now, be free. In your name, Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.